I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Tonight, the disciples are gathered in the upper room for supper. The Passover would soon be starting, and no doubt there was still much work to be done in preparation. I suspect the air was tense, as every sound and every voice in the street below could validate the rumors that the Jewish authorities were coming to arrest Jesus. So they ate quietly, hurriedly, and completely unaware. Jesus, of course, knew what was about to happen. He had always known, and somewhere deep down in their bones, I suspect the disciples knew it too. Yet Jesus cuts through the tension and anxiety that sits pregnant in the air by quietly pushing back from the table, removing his outer robe, fastening a towel around his waist, and bends down to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus, in this intimate act of care for his disciples, subverts the religiosity of his own day with a simple non-religious act of humble service and love. This unexpected and scandalous act defied social convention and placed the disciples in a precarious position. Not only was Jesus breaking custom by washing the feet of those subordinate to him, but by allowing their feet to be washed, the disciples were accepting what they did not deserve, what they had not earned. Jesus' love. Peter protests, you will never wash my feet. But Jesus persists, unless I wash you, you shall have no share with me. He begins the cleansing ritual by taking the place of a servant in an act of intimacy. Isn't it interesting how Jesus seems to have no trouble at all washing the feet of the disciples? Quite naturally, he takes the role of the servant and just begins to one by one by one wash the feet of each disciple. There is no self-consciousness about him. No discomfort. Jesus is clear. Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. The statement is where we find ourselves on this Maundy Thursday, at the crossroads of a culture that is focused on self-preservation and intellectual exercises, and a liturgy that invites us into an intimate ritual with something and someone outside of ourselves. It is often said that the longest spiritual journey any of us take is roughly the 12 to 18 inches from our head to our heart an expedition from thinking to feeling. In our capitalistic Western culture, we have a tendency to live in our heads. Rationality and pragmatism are the gold standard, and by God, no emotion is going to devalue it. This type of head knowledge keeps our faith relegated to intellectual exercises and a sense about God that we can choose to agree with or not. The concern, however, 
with staying in the head is that at some point, the paradoxical nature of our scripture and tradition, compelled with the ails of our society, will reduce our faith to nothing more than sitting in the waiting rooms of our minds, talking to walls. Our religious and spiritual practices become shallow expressions of habit at best and guilt at worst thus making it easier to accept the idea of God as nothing more than a made-up deity of an ancient people who is just a fragment of all of our collective imagination. If, however, we can somehow connect our head to our heart by uncovering and experiencing the humility of a God who became flesh and find the hiddenness of God in everything, then the Spirit will meet us on that journey and help us to seek Christ in new ways, not just in our religious practices and rituals, but in the faces of ordinary people we encounter every day and the messiness of everyday life. When this switch happens, we are able to make space for people we wouldn't normally talk to and do things we normally wouldn't do, especially washing someone else's feet decreasing our proximity by numbing and suppressing our emotions during Holy Week doesn't give us the peace we think it will. As we begin this journey tonight into the darkest part of Holy Week, we are pointed to a different way, to a way that starts by acknowledging that fear and weakness are real, and that when we admit it out loud, we let those feelings rise up And we are given the gift of placing all of our emotion in the hands of God and each other. This is the beauty of Jesus coming to be with us. When we step outside of our faith and put our trust in him, he will help us cross the Rubicon between our heads and our heart over and over and over again. For me, the Maundy Thursday liturgy we experience tonight is one of the single most challenging in our prayer book because it requires us to step outside of ourselves and not intellectualize what is happening, but rather kneel and wash feet. It invites us into an intimate act that binds us together so that we might recognize that we are all part of a gospel story which animates this intimacy through word and action. You see, my friends, everyone is in there with with Jesus on his way to the cross. This is one way we remind ourselves that as we walk through the triduum to Easter, we can yet see another truth of our faith, that we are not alone, that God is with us, holding us, all of us in their hands. Yet we know that to whom much is given, much is required. As such, the ability to be a gracious receiver is just as important as being a generous giver. There is a season for both, and both are necessary to have a share in Christ. For if you cannot receive the ministrations of the people who love you the most on this earth, how will you ever come to know how to receive the glory of God in this life or the next? 
Gracious receptivity is the other side of the coin, being a generous giver. We are called to be both. This mutuality of love, both in giving and receiving, is the heart of Anglican spirituality. With the institution of the Eucharist at tonight's Last Supper table, Jesus reminds us of his incarnation and selfishness, even to his death. And in receiving the Eucharist tonight, we are prepared to not only walk in the darkness of the next 48 hours, but we prepare ourselves to go out and share that selfless love with others whom we are now bonded with. In a little while, Jesus will be arrested. He will be stripped of his clothes. He will be stripped of his dignity. And he will be stripped of his life. Therefore, the liturgy of Maundy Thursday is to remind us again of the love that Jesus has for us. The institution of the sacrament of his body and blood, the forgiveness of sins, the foot washing, the stripping of the altar. Each of these things asks us to remember Jesus' greatest love for us and that our response must be to love each other. Through this liturgy, we embody the great beauty, vulnerability, and tragedy of Christ's greatest act in his final commandment of love. It is in this liturgy that we can marry the head and the heart. Amen.